What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. The first thing we're going to talk about today is Dr. Naomi Wolf. Before we get started on the whole subject of Dr. Wolf, let me just read to you her Wikipedia entry. Literally, in the first sentence, They describe her as a journalist and conspiracy theorist. And if you scroll down a bit, go to the area that says other views. And in big black letters, it says conspiracy theories. So there was a January 2013 issue of The Atlantic, which is the biggest fucking piece of shit mainstream media outlet. Well, one of them, because CNN's pretty bad too. Actually, they're all fucking bad, whatever. So in January 2013, law and business professor Mark Knuckles wrote, quote, in her various books, articles, public speeches, Wolf has demonstrated reoccurring disregard for the historical record and consistently mutilated the truth with selective and ultimately deceptive use of her sources. He went on to say, When she distorts facts to advance her political agenda, she dishonors the victims of history and poisons present-day public discourse about vital importance to a free society. This fool, Knuckles, argued that Wolf, quote, has for many years now been claiming that a fascist coup in America is imminent. In The Guardian, she alleged with no substantiation that the U.S. government and big American banks are conspiring to impose a, quote, totally integrated corporate state repression of dissent. Okay, so what, that was fucking 10 years ago? This woman's calling out what's going on and people are just disregarding her as a crazy conspiracy theorist. She actually looks into shit. She does research. So as a whole, mainstream media journalists and even people like Knuckles, who is a law and business professor, and other fucking people like him. So right away, I'm like, hey, this chick sounds legit. Maybe I should look into her a bit more. And I think I've actually talked about her a few times on the podcast. But today, what I'm specifically going to be talking about is information she found in the release of the Pfizer documents. The title of the story we're about to talk about is Dr. Naomi Wolf, Pfizer's Depopulation Agenda, as evidenced by its own documents. This story appeared in technocracy.news, and it's basically just saying that Naomi Wolf had uncovered hard evidence within Pfizer's documents that the company has intentionally designed its mRNA shots to target the reproductive cycle of women in their childbearing years. This puts intense depopulation pressure on entire societies. There are many other effects, such as myocarditis, paralysis, stroke, blood clots, up to and including death. And Technocracy News actually got all of this information when Dr. Naomi Wolf went in front of a live audience at a recent VAC family event. And VAC is just a Values Advocacy Council. So she's a speaker. She goes and speaks to like-minded people. In this little uh, talk, whatever you want to call it, Wolf basically said, one thing people have been able to do for thousands of years is to have sex and have babies without any intervention or help from anyone. It's a tremendous way that the human race is self-reliant, that it can survive catastrophe. Well, the tech bros and probably China want to take that away from us. And this is clear 
in the Pfizer documents. Now check this out. She says there's a section of the Pfizer documents in which Pfizer breaks down the adverse events and concludes that women sustain 72% of them. And of those, and this is a directly quoting Pfizer, 16% are quote unquote reproductive disorders compared to 0.49% for men. So they're very focused on reproduction. Wolf believes that they were trying to disrupt especially female reproduction. Wolf goes on to explain how she knows that this information is in the Pfizer documents. She is a literary critic, but this is a mystery novel in which the question is, how do we stop women from having healthy babies? That's the story of the Pfizer documents. She goes on to describe one of these Pfizer charts as a Mangala chart, like as in fucking angel of death. Nazi motherfucker that experimented on people in the Holocaust. So she goes on and says they break down 20 different horrible things that can happen to women's menstruation. And I know back in the day in 2021, when this shit was all happening, I remember seeing reports all over the conspiracy corners of the internet from women who were literally having the craziest periods of their life. And I talked about this too. I was just around a couple people that had been vaccinated and no shit, I've never been as sick as I was in my life. My period was crazy. I mean, it basically was like I got the spike protein in me. So we knew all of these fucking period menstruation issues a couple of years ago. And we were called crazy conspiracy theorists. Until it was no longer just a conspiracy theory. It was a fucking fact. Now I'm going to read you a list of some of the 20 different things Pfizer admits the mRNA jab can dysregulate or affect women's reproductive health. There was 27,685 cases of heavy menstrual bleeding. There were 22,000 menstrual disorders with pain, heavy bleeding, or absence completely of menstruation. There were a little over 15,000 cases of irregular cycle lengths. There were nearly 14,000 cases of menstruation delayed and nearly 14,000 cases of extreme pain during menstruation. There were about 2,500 cases of intermenstruational bleeding. So that just basically means bleeding between periods. There was a little over 11,000 cases of a complete absence of the period. And then almost 10,000 cases of multiple periods. So you get multiple periods in one cycle and nearly 3,500 cases of infrequent menstrual periods. And yeah, Pfizer just has all this shit listed on those documents. And no one in the mainstream media sees a problem that Pfizer knew about all these crazy side effects. I mean, of course they don't because Pfizer and Moderna are literally paying them millions and millions of dollars to promote their fucking disgusting bioweapon and... Turn a blind eye when people start dropping dead and women become infertile and nursing babies die after nursing on a mother that had been vaccinated. I'm sure you guys have all heard about the birth rates decreasing and death rates increasing. I mean, it doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to put together the fact that these shots were fucking up women's periods back in 2001. And now we just see a continued decrease of children being born. A little bit further on in this discussion, Dr. Wolf is having, she basically brings up Igor Chodov. And this guy is an author at Global Research. 
So she basically says that Igor compared databases in countries around the world, and there are a million missing babies in Europe. They never got born. She goes on to say there are double the number of miscarriages and spontaneous abortion in Scotland and a 13% to 20% drop in live births around the world, you guys. Apparently in Tel Aviv, there are two to three times the number of spontaneous abortions and miscarriages there. Because remember, they fucking started experimenting all this shit in Israel, which I found such a fucking mindfuck. Like, really? You're, you're going to really do that to all the Jews in Israel right now? Force them to be a medical experiment? Hmm, not a good look, psychos. Some of the other stuff that she talked about was the so-called turbo cancers. It's basically just extremely aggressive, deadly cancers that have kind of exploded in the last couple of years. Not only is this shit causing fertility issues, it's causing devastating cancer. It's causing strokes. There's liver damage. There's kidney damage. It's like these spikes don't leave any part of your body alone. They just go there and fucking ravage it. And the more boosters you get, obviously the worse outcome you're going to have with your health. And of course, just a little side note, all these fucking doctors and nurses are still refusing to admit all of this crazy shit that's going on could possibly be from the vaccines. It's just absolutely insane. And I need to find a fucking conspiracy theory doctor. Because I'm sick of these fucking toe-in-the-line motherfuckers that really don't give a shit about your health. They just want to get paid. They want to get a fucking a better office. You know, just stupid shit that doesn't matter. It's not supposed to matter anyway when you're a doctor and you're supposed to be healing people. And I know it's not every doctor. I'm just fucking, what, 98% of them? All right, guys, it's change of subject time. So we need to talk about President Brandon. Apparently, the Ukrainian energy accountant who blew the whistle on the Biden bribery scheme has been found dead. I mean, fuck, we didn't see that coming from a mile away. As of right now, people are claiming the whistleblower has been identified as the wife of the former Burisma owner, Mikola Lysin, who also died in suspicious circumstances during the years of the Obama administration, when Vice President Brandon and his son Hunter were active in Ukraine. Just, uh, fuck, really? <laughs> oh, You know, mainstream media is probably not going to talk about it. They don't want to upset the demon rats of the fucking country or, you know, maybe make them think, hey, there might be some bullshit going on here. Now, according to Rudy Giuliani, he's saying that the whistleblower offered to give a U.S. attorney highly compromising financial information about the Bidens. However, (laughs) the authorities didn't do shit and they basically just ignored this woman. And, you know, did that bureaucratic shit where they bounced her around to various offices and different people just trying to make her fucking go away. Giuliani went on to say that the Pittsburgh attorney general had initially been investigating the case, but (laughs) the investigation was later transferred to the U.S. attorney's office in Delaware under former U.S. attorney general Bill Barr. Apparently, they're saying that the Delaware office buried the case. And that was despite the whistleblower being under direct threat of death. 
In this treasure trove of fucking documents the whistleblower had, there was evidence that included offshore bank account information that showed millions of dollars in bribes flowing to the Biden family and other crooked politicians. And of course, the mainstream media isn't talking about this woman. They're not talking about any of this shit. And according to a interview Giuliani did with Newsmax, he states, well, of course, that's the most ridiculous, idiotic statement to make on a day in which we find out that the Bidens took a $10 million bribe from a Ukrainian, Mykola Zolchevsky, which I could have told you, you know, and did tell the DOJ three years ago. He went on to say that the DOJ never followed up on any evidence that was given to them. Giuliani even apparently made it, basically did the job for the DOJ and let them know that one witness, who is a woman, who is the chief accountant at this crooked company, Burisma, she was the wife of the former owner who died under suspicious circumstances, and she was willing to give up all the offshore bank accounts, including the Biden's account. But now she's dead. Apparently, she supervised the transfer of a lot more cash to the Bidens and other crooked politicians for Burisma. I mean, I know there's like a House committee and everyone's fucking investigating it. And, you know, it's little blurbs are starting to come out here or there. But do you actually believe the Biden fucking crime family will be prosecuted for any of this shit? <laughs> I mean, it's basically fucking treason. Fucking Vice President Brandon at the time taking bribes from one of the most corrupt countries in the world, Ukraine. And now suddenly we're funneling billions of dollars over there to Zelensky. I don't see how this shit isn't suspicious. I mean, I don't know. It's more that head in the clouds bullshit. Now we have to have yet another change of subject time because I would like to tell you guys about human mutilation by reptilians. And all this shit I'm about to tell you is according to declassified documents. So this isn't just some fucking nut job who says he used to work at Area 51 and has no evidence. These are from actual documents, you guys. I know we've talked about cattle mutilations and I believe there was one episode where I talked about a Brazilian man that basically had very similar wounds to the cattle mutilation phenomena. And you can find hundreds of reports of the cattle mutilations all over the world. It's not just the United States. It's fucking everywhere. So like I was saying earlier, the cattle mutilations and the guy who was found in Brazil all had organs extracted with laser-like precision. The blood is completely drained. Scavengers are avoiding the area completely and high levels of radiation surround the carcass. So I'm getting this information from a Ministry of Defense document that's titled Unidentified Flying Object Correspondence. This fucking document actually talks about livestock mutilations that go back to the late 1800s. So this thing is like several hundred pages long, but I will leave a link and hopefully you guys can go check it out. But just go to page 60 where the author states, quote, the most frightening part of the mutilation activity is that it's not only animals, but humans have been found mutilated in a similar manner on numerous occasions. I did find another firsthand account of a human style mutilation, and it was from Bill English, who was the son of a state legislator and former Green Beret captain. And somehow, <laughs> I guess it was just his luck to become directly involved with the mutilation phenomena. While he was serving as a special forces commander, 
he received an emergency call from a nearby bomber. The pilot was basically saying, no shit, you guys, that it was being attacked by a UFO. An English's 10-person squadron was immediately dispatched to the last known coordinates. So they get to the area, and they do see an intact vehicle on the ground. It didn't look like it crashed or anything. They go to start getting these people out of the plane, and they discover every single occupant was deceased. And English kind of goes on to describe the wounds these people had. He says one of the soldiers had their anus cored out to the colon. Corkscrew patches of skin were sliced from the neck and jaw. Eyes and genitalia were removed by extremely precise surgery, yet no blood was found anywhere. After this whole experience, English was approached by a couple different government agents, and they wanted him to investigate other human mutilation cases. English soon learned that this firsthand experience in the jungle was just the fucking tip of the iceberg, and authorities supposedly have been aware of the increasing numbers of citizens that are being slaughtered by what? What the fuck has a laser? Why are they cutting out buttholes? Why is it always the buttholes and genitalias? Fucking pervy ass aliens. In this 300 plus page document, which was released via Freedom of Information Act, basically the correspondents are sources from the CIA, law enforcement, military, and other federal agencies. And it's basically saying that a nefarious group of reptilians is what's behind the human and cattle mutilations. Now, I know a lot of people hear the word reptilian alien and they're like, oh, fuck this bitch. She's crazy. She's on one again. No, motherfuckers, these are actual government documents. I'm not just fucking making this shit up that are saying this shit. These are people corresponding with each other within these agencies I just told you about. And this was their conclusion. It's not fucking mine. I don't know anybody that's had their fucking butthole ripped out or eyeballs cut out. I haven't even ever seen a fucking cattle mutilation. So I'm just telling you guys what I found in these documents. So <laughs> sit back. It gets fucking worse. And here we go. Whistleblowers within the government say, quote, the Dracos, D-R-A-C-O-S, are an ancient race of subterranean dwellers. Subservient gray aliens frequently do their bidding and harvest unsuspecting victims. They say that the lizard-like humanoids feed on mortal flesh for both sustenance and pleasure alike. <laughs> are you ready for a fucking description of these reptilian aliens that are in this document? Check this out. A bipedal saurian species approximately seven feet tall, devoid of all body hair, prominent cheekbones, large slanted eyes with slit pupils, three-digit webbed hands and feet, sharp claws, quote, scaly ribbed skin, and a lack of external reproductive organs. So different places in this document, writers repeatedly emphasize that these reptilian motherfuckers are all bad. They have nefarious reasons for even coming out around humans. And if you see one, you better run your ass away or fucking shoot it. I don't know. I mean, maybe a bullet wouldn't even pierce their fucking scales. Who knows? But you can never be too safe. The writers describe these beings as cold-blooded, devoid of emotion, and they see people as cattle to be consumed. 
Some of the writers even go on to claim that these reptilians are master chameleons and can shapeshift at will. National insiders have actually stated, quote, the serpent race is, according to various sources, extremely intelligent, cunning, and elusive. Some believe that only divine intervention itself will be able to defeat this ultimate threat to humankind. Um, can we, like, sick these reptilians on the whole Davos crew? Wait for them to all get, a, <laughs> wait for all these fuckers to get together at a meeting in fucking Switzerland. And how about the reptilians go and pay them a visit and fucking eat their flesh or some shit? So, like I said, these documents are official government documents. And I'm going to post a link. Hopefully, you can get to it. I actually had to download it as a PDF. So, if it doesn't work and it doesn't show up in the show notes, hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com and I will send you the PDF version. I just find, you know, what's super interesting is these type of stories of these reptilians have been around for a really fucking long time. Even if you look in ancient art, some of the beings are kind of portrayed as reptilian. So this is not just some like new age, crazy fucking, I don't know, conspiracy theory. This is a theory that's been around for a very long time. And while we're on this random ass reptilian subject, now I'm going to tell you about a U.S. airman who claimed to see top secret NASA photos of giant alien moon bases on the far side of the moon. And there's actually kind of a couple different sources I'm going to tell you about for the whole like alien base on the moon slash reptilians having a base on the dark side of the moon theory. So the first guy I'm going to tell you about is William Bill Tompkins who was born in 1923. He was then recruited by the Navy and kind of just began climbing the ranks and was eventually promoted to an intelligence officer. During World War II, he worked at a classified facility. Following an honorable discharge in 1946, Douglas Aircraft Company hired him to take part in a secret program that would later be known as Majestic 12. And if you don't know what Majestic 12 is, go fucking read about it. Scientists, military leaders, and government officials comprised the competitive team. Bill was also an aerospace engineer for the Saturn program, and he helped design the Apollo launch vehicles. Apparently, due to his affiliations at some point with NASA, he acquired some out-of-this-world intel. He basically states when the astronauts set foot on the moon, they were not alone. Prior to NASA, I guess, landing on the moon, apparently NASA sent an unmanned probe to gather preliminary information. And that is how they discovered what they called a, quote, massive base on the dark side of the moon. So these researchers continued to collect data and they learned that a group of ETs had colonized the planetoid. So basically, I don't know, NASA sees this shit like, oh, wow, there could be fucking aliens up there. Fuck it, let's send, our, <laughs> let's send the astronauts up. Let them deal with it. The story kind of unfolds when the Apollo mission carrying Neil Armstrong, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins actually landed on the moon. Uh, basically, what they're saying is they fucking peer out the window and they notice seven large UFOs parked nearby. Also, an enormous group of entities surrounded their stationary vehicle. Standing at the edge of a crater were hundreds of reptilians. Armstrong estimated the bipedal creatures stood around nine feet tall. 
They looked like alligator human hybrids with scaly skin similar to a lizard. Tompkins described the reptoids as ugly and possessing horrible faces. During this whole thing, there were two minutes when the camera and radio feed just cut out. So Neil Armstrong is said to have switched to a medical channel and said, quote, they're here. They're parked on the side of the crater. They're watching us. William Tompkins actually shared this testimony in an interview with journalist Kerry Cassidy in 2017. Now, he was pretty fucking old at this point. He's 94 years old. But after speaking out publicly about this shit, he died suddenly. So that's just one source for this whole moon-based shit. Now, let me tell you about one more source of the moon-based bullshit. (laughs) The second account of the bases on the moon comes from former U.S. Air Sergeant Carl Wolf. He basically had a top-secret clearance and worked at Langley Air Force Base in Virginia. He worked as a precision electronics photograph repairer for NASA's Lunar Orbiter Project. And he said one day he was taken into a lab by a different worker who showed him a photo of artificial buildings at the lunar base. The photos had been taken prior to the Apollo landing in 1969. He said, quote, at any rate, I was in a color lab one day when my boss, Staff Sergeant Taylor, came over to me and said that they were having a problem with some of the equipment on the base and it was the first lunar orbiter program where they had a mission to pretty much locate the first landing sites for the 1969 lunar mission for the astronauts. In this other lab, they were having issues, so they wanted him to come over there and kind of help out, troubleshoot what the problem was and get the shit fixed. Now, this other facility was an NSA facility. It wasn't NASA. So Wolf goes on to say that one day when the NSA photographic equipment failed, he was asked to assist them with the important repair work that was needed to keep the machines on the job. And apparently at this time, he was the only person who was readily available and trained in this type of equipment. This is a classified building that he's supposed to be going into, and apparently his security clearance was enhanced at this point. Wolf goes on to describe one of the first things he notices in this lab is there are scientists from all over the world. This is not just like an American lab, but (laughs) he found that extremely strange. Wolf eventually gets to this equipment that is malfunctioning and comes up with a plan, and In order to fix this shit, it needs to be removed so he can start the process of trying to figure out where the bug is. So he's sitting there waiting for that to happen, and he starts talking to the other airman that was in the room. And he asked very carefully why NASA work was being done at Langley instead of NASA's headquarters in Houston. He was informed that all of the NASA picture data was transferred to Langley, where it was upgraded and transformed into finished photographs which were then analyzed by various parts of the armed forces. This airman went on to tell Wolf that new, better pictures had shown actual structures on the surface of the moon's dark side that were both surprising and clear. Structures that could not have been made by natural means, like meteors or ancient collisions between other celestial bodies. The structures were created by intelligent beings. Quote, We discovered, the airman said, a base on the backside of the moon. Wolf goes on to describe what these pictures showed. He said he could discern geometric shapes that were well organized and planned, and most noticeable to him were what looked exactly like radar antennas. 
very similar to what you could see on Earth. There's actually a couple interviews you can find online from Wolf. And he says after he left the active service, his security clearance prohibited him from leaving the United States for five years. And he was sworn to keep what he had seen to himself before he finally informed anyone about that remarkable day. It was 30 years. Now check this out. 74-year-old Sergeant Wolf was killed after being hit by a trailer while cycling in Lansing, New York. So I'm sure that was just a, you know, whistleblower, mysterious death type thing. Totally normal. Totally normal to be expected. (laughs) They told him not to open his fucking mouth. All right, you guys, before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which are California, Michigan, and Washington. That's what's up, you guys. Thank you for listening. Hit me up if you have questions, if you want the stuff I talk about, or you want to send me down a rabbit hole. You can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or try going over to my Reddit sub, which is r slash vanishedinthevalley. As far as our international peeps, we have the UK, Canada, Australia, and Ireland in the top four. You guys hit me up if you have any fucking interesting rabbit holes to go down. I love to read. I read fast and I love a good rabbit hole. So until next week, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Cha-cha.